Back football pod. Hey, uh, the draft's over with. Caleb's on mute. I'm, we're not calling him on just yet. We're not calling you on, Caleb. Don't worry. Keep your mic on mute because you're uh, clearing your throat of phlegm. We got Justin over here. Uh, Justin, how are you doing? You you uh you, you're back from the hospital, right? I am. Okay, good. Um, everything good on your end? Everything is great. Everyone is happy and healthy. No scars on you. Uh, no, no scars on me. That's good. Uh, care to elaborate like why you were in the hospital to begin? Yeah, Caleb, I was Caleb in the hospital. Has the flu, but yeah, uh, I was in the hospital because I was having a new baby boy. Oh. Um, yeah, he's happy, healthy. Uh, wife is happy, healthy. Um, everyone's doing good, man. Uh, I gotta say that you know I'm only four days in, so I don't really know shit about parenting at all still. But I gotta say, so soon and it's like indescribably the best. Ten out of ten would recommend. I mean, I thought like you used up your preseason like reps fairly, like pretty well. Like you are like you're hitting the ground running. Like you already mowed the lawn today, right? It's Sunday. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm still, I have like an internal dad clock or like buying a house will do that to you. Yeah. So like I, I have, like, it's a good call out because I did like look at the calendar and like, even though I've lost track of days, like I'm still doing all the, the house stuff that I would do in the same order. And I'm like, man, muscle memory, baby. Justin, what shoes have you been wearing since you became a dad? So uh, I did, before the kid was born, I did buy a pair of New Balances, uh, but they were 550s, so they're not like classic, they're not classic dad New Balances, but they are New Balances. They're New Balances. Yeah, they're really comfortable. New Balance 550s, I would recommend. Do you do it because of the width of your feet? I do have one foot that's wider than the other. Like I have one foot, like if I was rich enough to buy custom foot sizes, like I would need a wide one, but yes, I do. I do enjoy wide shoes. Not that I'm like, you know, talking crap there because I myself have wide feet and I need to like probably get into the new balance game, but, uh, I don't have a baby to, uh, to take care of. So I don't think there's any real rush on my end. Um, but Hey, uh, congrats to you. Congrats on the sex too. Like, I don't, I don't think we're saying that enough, but like, like really good proof. job. Like we are. Really I, proud have, of you. I have proof that it's happened once. Well, I mean, you know, we don't Jeez. need to get into all that. Um, <laughs> but 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 like seriously, more open ended and more positive. Like, what are you more like really looking forward to, and uh, what is going to be uh, Mister uh, Callum's gimmick when he enters NIL game as a uh, a top rated four star recruit? Uh, who's going to not go to Western Michigan. He's actually going to go somewhere else, somewhere better. Probably Stanford. <laughs> there is no place better, first of all. Actually, that's a lie. If he gets, if he got to Stanford, I would very much recommend that. Uh, his yeah, gimmick... Yeah, commit before visiting. Shit. Yeah, you know, I just uh, I just met the guy. But uh, I got to say, I hope, I hope that he does, like, really corny used car dealership ads. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... I think that's just, like, the goldmine for the... Uh, for like the college town NIL game. Cause basically like, if you look up the richest people in any like mid-sized town, it's always like some dude that either owns like a chain restaurant you've never heard of or a series of car dealerships. Like, so like, the, like, a, like, a, like a Rick Mahorn thing. Exactly. So it'll just be like an added plus if you can also kick a football really far. Right. Yeah. What's going to be a sport? He's going to play soccer, but then he's going to parlay it into a illustrious kicking career. Okay. 
No All pressure. Right. All right. Well, good luck to him. Uh, but we have, uh, speaking of good luck, we have, uh, we have to talk about the draft because that happened. And you know what? We are talking about this on the day of the deadline for the transfer portal. I do want to say that while we're here before we get going. Uh, but we're not going to get into that actually at all. We're going to like hold on to that for later. Um, but it just needs to be said that by the time you're listening to this, uh, the transfer portal is going to be essentially closed up for anybody that wants to play in 2022. Uh, if you enter the transfer portal today, college kids, guess what? You got to wait a year. Still got to wait till 2023. Uh, okay, enough on that. Uh, more on the draft. Which we had like six guys from the MAC drafted. Uh, Sky Moore. Luke Godecki, Bernard Ryman, Tyson Anderson, Samuel Womack, and Dominique Robinson. I don't know. I, I don't have, like, too many notes on this because I've uh, been busy lately, but pretty good to see six guys drafted, of course, and Sky Moore being the first one gone. Uh, were you surprised that Sky Moore was off the board, or, like, I don't know. Like, what? Like what's, like, the correct or your guys' reaction to, like, the draft class that uh, the Mac was able to put on this past weekend? I think the team that drafted Sky Moore is a pretty good endorsement of how good he is. I think a lot of us had said that like he could get like a second round grade or whatever. I know like the pro football focus folks really like Sky Moore. And then like the fact that Andy Reid wanted him to come play for him means like, oh, you know, maybe our eyes are not lying to us. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's pretty damn good. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair assessment that you're looking at somebody who's, you know, who's lost Tyreek Hill in the offseason. They need somebody to keep the passing game explosive. And they're like, yeah, dude, let's get, let's get a Mac guy on this offense. And <laughs> he, uh, obviously there's a couple guys who have le- left pretty high standards of the wide receiver position out of the Mac. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Andy Reid's not stupid. I feel like he's not making this pick as a stretch. So. And, and remember pop- that like one of yeah. Patrick Mahomes best friends ever on earth is uh, a former Mac guy. Derek Dieter. So there's your yeah. Mac connection right there. Um, were you shocked that the, 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 my other reaction to the draft such that I had, you know, enough time to watch it. I've mostly been digesting this after the fact, but it's weird to me that Dustin Crum couldn't find his way onto a draft board in a draft that like had really no elite quarterbacks. At least that was the word on the street. I thought maybe he'd like, shock some people but i don't really know how that whole process played out i mean like like last year when like everybody might have been like more like quarterback depraved maybe he could have been able to but this year i don't think so like the fact that they we had to wait until pick 86 before the third quarterback was taken as opposed to like i don't know how like what what was the last year's results like because mac jones was like the 15th overall pick but by then he was already like what the the fifth quarterback taken yeah something like that it was a big qb draft last year so i mean that's that's gonna push guys like him out of the equation too and like caleb elby even him you know he had to wait until after the fact he didn't even sign anywhere you know caleb elby at best who left a year early too uh only scored a tryout so far with seattle and by the time you're listening to this maybe things will change maybe he might get a sign a deal after all somewhere but until then uh, the best he's doing right now is getting a tryout with the Seahawks um it's I, I don't know man I guess it just goes to show like just how hard it is to like actually make it that far like we might have seen the ceilings of 
these quarterbacks from the Mac, Dustin Crum, Caleb Elby, and Drew Plitt too. Drew Plitt's got a couple tryouts lined up too, but do you think in the in the case of Elby, like would he, you know, if there was a crystal ball that said, "Hey, you're not going to get drafted," should you do you think he'd make a different decision, or do you think he's still happy with you know not sticking? You got to, I don't know, man. You got to bet on yourself, you know. Maybe you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're thinking like, hey, this is the best that I can ever do it. Like, I'm not going to have Sky Moore to throw to after this. And like, you know, if you lose a guy like that, maybe your stock, you know, somehow like plummets even more. Like you saw what it took. Like Dustin Crumb still did okay, but like it wasn't the same after Isaiah McCoy left early, right? Like, and you saw like his production even go down. But like in a league, like they're getting guys based on traits over production at that point. Maybe they're just not in love with any of those guys' skills and traits after all. Like, we love them because, like, they help put up, like, the storylines in the Mac that, like, we love and just, like, hold on to for so long, right? But for those guys, like, they don't love they, – they see more of the flaws that we tend to overlook. Mm-hmm. And Caleb also had a lot more miles because I think he would be going into his fifth or sixth year of school right so i guess even undrafted he probably would rather try to put some miles on a training camp than Mm -hmm. in the mac yeah and like guy like just because you don't make a roster in these next few weeks next few months that doesn't mean like your shot is over like guys are going to have to like try again next year like guys like quentin rakovich who you know his whole process was just like thrown out the window after he got hurt working out for the Packers or something like that about a month ago. Um, So, of course, he's not going to be scooped up by any team, but by, like, next year, maybe he might be trying out for another team another time. Maybe Caleb Elby's going to be trying out for another team next year after he has, like, some things to work on. But, like, he'd rather be working with a personal trainer over these next few months rather than going to, I don't know, Philosophy 201. You know, I'll add that as far as the quarterbacks go, we were just talking about the endorsement of Sky Moore when it, you know, get going to Kansas City. Does it register in the same way to you that Dustin Crum is going to the Chiefs right now? Like, do we think that means anything? Do you think Andy Reid sees a system guy there that could be a good backup or serviceable backup, or do you think it's just we got to get somebody in in here just to see if we can add more depth? Like, what what do we think that is? I have no idea what to read that. I I have no idea, Justin. I. I'll defer to you because I, I don't know what to read into that. I thought he would have been just like a tryout guy. Their backup quarterback room's old, right? Like, is it still Chad Henney? I'm, I'm looking it up. <laughs> Good question. Wait, if there's anything we, we've got going for us, it's that we ask questions we don't have the answers don't to. Don't have the answer to. It's great. Uh, <laughs> Alex and a, I are very good at that. <laughs> it's a great, uh, great – yeah, I mean – What's, the point? Last What's year, the point of life? You know? It was Chad Henney yeah, and uh, Shane Bouchelle actually is on the on the oh, roster yeah. too. Shane Bouchelle, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's, he's, not, that's he's, not, he's not old. And uh, Anthony Gordon, but Chad Henney, you know, has yeah, they're they're all rookies. So Crum, Gordon, and Bouchelle, and then it was Pat Mahomes and Chad Henney. So I think you know, first of all, Crum's not the only guy to come in, but you know, it does say a lot that that's a guy that you know, I would say for what it's worth, that's a guy they expect to come in and the way I'm looking at the roster, they probably expect them to compete for a third string spot. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think most teams keep three quarterbacks at least that they think can play. Um, so he's going to get a shot. 
uh, here's here's a guy that like I kind of again like skills over production, but at some point you have to look at the production and be like, okay, the all time receptions leader of college football history has got to be good enough for at least like I don't know a top two hundred pick, right? But like no, Justin Hall was only an undrafted free agent uh, signed with the Vegas Raiders, so. It'll be very convenient for me to like root for him because he'll be alongside Max Crosby. Well, on the same team as him. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, just like putting like any analysis lens away, just like speaking strictly as like you know a Mac devotee. Like that really sucks. That just really sucks to see. And like I don't know for a guy like Justin Hall and the career that he had and like watching the way that he's performed from day one all the way through graduation and like staying longer than staying longer than he really had to. I don't know. I just feel like at least in this corner of the universe, he probably deserved a little bit more, but I don't know, man. I just hope he balls out and like gets like a huge contract after this. Cause it sucked not seeing him get drafted and all this. What I, if you had asked me two years ago, like maybe even before, so before COVID, and we're looking at Justin Hall too as one of the more productive receivers in the Max history, even before COVID, if you like, <laughs> was kind of like where he had trended essentially. Just just because he was so productive right from the get go, you're like, okay, Justin Hall is a bona fide NFL guy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. that's the way we're and, talking about him. Yeah, and so you're like, okay, well, is he like a top three round guy? Is he a top four? Is he out day one, day two, or not going day one, but like, is he going like day two, day three? And it's like, only if he like really falls off the map, does he not get drafted? That's like, that's kind of like, I'm just guessing that's where my, my mind would have been if we'd been asking those questions a few years ago. Um, I don't think I can speak from the point of a scout's perspective because uh, I don't have that. And I did not hear a lot of chatter about Justin Hall at any point um, from the draft analysts people the folks that chirp on twitter so I, I i guess it's like it's it's you can't i can't look at it and be flabbergasted he wasn't drafted because there's no there was never really a strong indication he was being evaluated really high but it's you're, you still may it still flabbergasted me that somebody who was produced with as much consistency as he's had as he's had and he's been like the go-to guy for a Mac championship winning team and whose production never really slowed. And it's like, all right. And he's got to go in the training camp and find a way to prove to somebody else that he can do the thing mm-hmm. he's been doing better than almost anybody in the Mac for five years. Was this, was the word on this draft that it was a deep wide receiver draft? I'm looking at some of the names and a lot of these guys are like really good. It's like some, I, I get most of it. Um, like David Bell was a third round pick out of Purdue. Um, so that kind of tips me off that like maybe it really isn't anything to do with Justin Hall, just that like the field's crowded and that maybe in a different year he is a fifth round pick. Like, is there any is that a possibility? Eh. I don't know. I mean, he's so I mean, he's not a he's not someone who's going to be a game breaker in the NFL, right? I don't, I don't think I've ever been of that opinion. He's going to be the guy who is just tearing defenses apart and showing up on sports center every morning, but 
he's just always there. <laughs> he is always productive. And again, I don't know exactly what it is that would translate any more than any other of the max top receivers in the NFL. But there's just like this, this nagging voice in my head that tells me like, he's going to be in the NFL and he's going to be productive in some way or another. Like he's going to be in special teams or he's going to, you know, just be on a roster and be like a wide receiver four mm-hmm. or a wide, re- or maybe a wide receiver three on a team, on like a mid team or something. I don't, I don't know. Like I don't have a, even a really good basis for this. Other than it's just, he yeah. knows how to produce. I don't know. I could see that. Cause I'm looking at some of these later drafts, like uh, Minnesota Vikings took Jalen Naylor from Michigan state um, with their sixth round pick. And I kind of think like, you know, I, I don't know if they're sitting there deciding between someone like Justin Hall or Jalen Naylor, but I sort of feel like that's a wash it at worst for Justin Hall. Right. Maybe, maybe they're two different type of guys, but like Hall produced quite a bit, like you said, kid caught 100 balls as a freshman right so and basically has every single season like i just don't know see he didn't be open he didn't catch 100 balls as a freshman but it always felt like he had so much of the production for them right like i'm looking back in his freshman year stats he had 78 receptions okay i thought it was gonna be like 83 or something like that see and i did too it it always felt felt like like 100 (laughs) it always felt like he was the one with the ball in his hands well how many times did he rush the ball that year because he was uh, used like so versatile, like that was the thing that made him so unique at Ball State is that Ball State went about forming their offense around guys like him, right? Because they they knew they were gonna have four or five years of him. But like him going to the NFL, it's a totally different story because he doesn't have the elite skill traits. He doesn't test out the same way that all the other wide receivers that are graded out in front of him, you know. Justin, you say, like, it's not, like, totally Justin Hall's fault. Well, I mean, you know, it kind of is. Like, he could just, like, grade higher than the rest of them, right? Easier said than done, but, like, he could. Uh, Because he doesn't, like, present all those skills, like, the elite skill traits to the table, there's no reason for an NFL offensive playmaker to draw plays with him in mind because he's not going to affect the game at Las Vegas against Kansas City Chiefs the same way he would Ball State Cardinals at Eastern Michigan. Right. As, and like I say that as someone who's like, what the fuck? Why isn't he drafted? But like, <laughs> it just sucks, man. Like that that's the thing. Like, you know, you guys know my view on the draft. It is a graduation ceremony as much as it is like uh, anti-American practices in labor. Like it is a graduation ceremony at the same time. And like, damn it, man. He's college football's all time leader in receptions. And that was his graduation ceremony. Wait till after the draft, and then you'll get a job. Uh, I got one name. I got one name that I want to. I want to point out really quickly too, uh, as someone that kind of stood out in all this. Uh, Armani Rogers, who changed positions after his college football life, who has never lined up as a tight end or a wide receiver, did not try. Did not score just a tryout, but was outright signed a contract with the, uh, the commies of Washington. Do I have the right to be like, like a little bit surprised by that? Like, is it as someone with no production there and like only like projectable skills out of that position? Uh, that's a little wild to me, right? Uh, Oh, I, I see a, uh, I see a correction in the chat. Caleb, what's, what's the correction here? Uh, Justin Hall 
basically ripped apart the Mac record books for receptions, but he's not the college football reception leader all time. Uh, oh, well, close enough. <laughs> you know what? It's my podcast. Yes, well, yes, I don't care. No, wait, 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 wait. No, hold on. How many did – okay. Corey Davis ended up with more, didn't he? Right. I thought Justin Hall broke Corey Davis's record. Yeah. Hold on. Justin, I feel like you might have a better answer. Don't don't you know this? I feel like you're the type of person who would know this thing. Yeah, you'd think. I, I have to check my bias at the door, though. Hold on. Because obviously, <laughs> like, yeah, Corey Davis smashed her. I think Corey was the all-time receiving yards leader. It might still be. Um, he was at the point when he was drafted. Um, Corey Davis caught 331 passes in four seasons at Western, um, which is more than uh, Justin Hall caught in five seasons, which was 318. So according to college football reference, yeah, Corey Davis, okay. 330, 331, Justin Hall, 318. In now, one in one fewer season. It's, it's a shame that the pros haven't worked out for Corey Davis because, my God, <laughs> yeah. the numbers he put up were gaudy. And I still think if he got drafted to a situation that wasn't Tennessee and if he hadn't gotten injured, he'd still be pretty good. But such is life. But Corey Davis. I was pretty convinced Corey Davis was a sure thing. So was I. Like, mm-hmm. I, that's, I've, as much as I, like, yeah, I'm biased and want him to be the greatest ever. That I still think there's a possibility that he, if he can string it together some healthy years, like three or four of them at the end of his career, I think he's going to be a pretty nice piece on a playoff team somewhere as like a third option. And that just might be how it ends for him. But he, man, he's big guy, fast guy, catches everything. I don't, I don't know. just seemed like an obvious. So something inobvious. How many two-minute drills is uh, Armani Rogers going to bail out? Is he going to help uh, Carson Wenson to like bail out how bad of a quarterback he is? All, all of them. <laughs> Love it. But it's wild. Thing- is, is it wild though that like he just like got a contract without trying out, even though he has like zero experience at that position? Didn't that happen to uh, what, what's his name? <laughs> That's it. I'm, here I am, Mac, Mac football expert. You're yeah. right. It did. The, you, buff, the Buffalo quarterback. Right, but n- not in the exact same way. I mean. Right, he had entered the NFL as a quarterback, didn't shake it out, then got a contract as a tight end, right? Well, yeah, but, like, wasn't he – hold on. Wasn't he also a quarterback in the XFL? And then, like, was a backup to, like, a, a... – I'm blanking. I'm blanking. But he was a backup quarterback in, uh, in professional football and just, like, after that was like, okay, I guess quarterback won't be my thing. Armani Rogers like got it right away. He was like, I've graduated from Ohio and I've graduated from quarterback. I think anybody who watched his 99 yard touchdown run is looking at him and they're like, okay, can he's, he's big. How is he moving that fast? Can we do something else with him? I think that's the entire motivation behind it. Because there, there, there was a couple video clips that came out of him working out at tight end where you're like, oh, 
ooh, that's smooth. And between how big he is and his ability to just kind of fluidly move, you're like, okay, there's something there. Give it time. We might have something here. And the odds are Armani Rogers will never see the field in a regular season NFL game. But you see, like, you see the potential for somebody who can move like that at his size, and you're like, yeah, let's take a shot on him for sure. You're, Alex, you're correct about Tyree Jackson's path to tight end. He, he was drafted by the D.C. Defenders. Okay. Uh, his only statistic was one rush for five yards. Hey, man, and you know what? And, like, I don't, like, I don't begrudge him for it. Like, I was happy for him when he, like, made the decision to leave early and, you know, things didn't pan out like things aren't right now with Caleb Elby. Like, hey, you bet on yourself. That's cool. Like, you've put it, you've put in your work at that position. I cannot tell you what to do with your future there because there's only so many people in the world that get to pick whether or not they get to play quarterback at that level or at least try out for it. You know, so for him, I'm glad he got to try out because he had the opportunity to. But for his future, like, no shit tight end was the best option for him. And it seems to be going well for him. Yeah. And and so far for Armani Rogers, it's looking at working out for him. About, uh, are we shocked Cleo Pimpleton? No one used a draft pick for him. I don't know. I don't know. He's a big time playmaker, man. I, I just good. feel like, I don't know. I just feel like that's, a, I mean, I'm glad he's with the Lions. Yeah. Oh, like I feel God. he's going to be a preseason darling. Dude, he's going to score some, he's going to score like a 75 yard touchdown. I kind of hope he does. Like, and man, I don't know. He's, he's going to score a couple long touchdowns and then the Lions will like cut him. <laughs> and everyone's going to spend like, the, the build-up. Oh, God, they're on hard knocks. Yes. They, oh, yes. We have that to look forward to. I forgot about oh, that. See, it's not God. all about the draft. We have hard knocks to look forward to, too. Is he the only Mac player that will probably feature? It looks like Cedric Boswell. Yeah, he's going well. to Detroit, too. But yeah, will be their new Mac players, not yeah. currently on the roster. Yeah, those are the only two uh, yeah. Mac guys going to Detroit. First two, like, Mac guys to Detroit in this regime, too, because they didn't take any last year. Dan Campbell's world's about to be changed. I got to make a, a point that <laughs> I'm looking, and I'll, I'll give credit. So James Jimenez uh, did a draft coverage free agent tracker sign thing for Hustle about um, our big boy, Jimmy Jim, and – it's so funny looking at this list and seeing the teams that have this lit, this just like rundown of athletes going or they're signed by NFL teams or invited to camp or whatever. And then you've got NIU with no, nobody. Well, yeah, let's keep in it's, mind. One thing. I understand the context. I'll get to, I get to it too. We'll get to it. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> it's just so funny that the team that won the damn conference last year does not have anybody yet. And even though Ratkovich is going to go somewhere and TBD. Maybe he'll go somewhere. I mean, remember what we said about Justin Hall. Rakovich actually had a lot of, like, got a little love, though. Like, it's not just from, like, the NIU people. There were uh, some of those. Uh, I'm uh, just joking. Jesus Christ. The RIP to him, to that guy. Yeah. Oh, man, that is that did happen. Well. Thanks, Justin. 
thing. <laughs> so, sorry. Oh my god, I saw the guy who played uh, Santa Claus in I Think You Should Leave on an episode of something the other day, and it blew my head backward. Uh, was it Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Uh, no, it wasn't. It was... Um, Dave? It was... Uh, shit. It, no, it was in the movie Everything Everywhere All the Time. Wait. He was in that? I, I literally just watched that movie. What? Oh, now I remember. Perfume. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Got it. Yep. Oh, I, I realized that was that was actually him. Okay. Did not know that. I bet they paid him two mil. <laughs> even even if he did a bad job. <laughs> he did all right. I didn't come here to talk about that. Uh, is there anybody else on this list? The draft. I mean, we only talked about like one of the the six draft picks. Uh, the two central central linemen, whatever. Uh, defensive backs for Toledo, whatever. Dominique Robinson. I'm a little bit surprised that he was the last of the six guys called, um, because like he got like so much praise early on in the draft process, um, just for like how versatile he was and like how he ended up finally at the defensive end spot and now he's being picked as a linebacker which will be his third position since quarterback as a high schooler um yeah it's just crazy that like he's just traveled around so much on the field and now he's uh going to be playing for the bears our favorite team our favorite team uh but yeah were you guys a little bit surprised that like he was not the third or second or one of the early Mac names called. Yeah, a little bit. They had a really good year. Um, definitely a guy everyone expected to be drafted. Uh, and is he's the latest, was it fifth round? Fifth, yeah, 174. I mean, that's wild in and of itself that, like, that's the latest Mac pick. It was round five. Yeah. That's probably more wild, to be honest, than that he went last of the group. Because he was only two picks behind Sam Womack. Mm-hmm. And 12, is that is that right? Mm-hmm. Behind Tyson Anderson. So six one way, half, half dozen another. And, you know, when when you need a lineman from Central Michigan, you can't, you can't not take him. Yeah. <laughs> and this year they had two of them. That's unfair. Yeah. It's it's still weird. I mean, they were talking about uh, Raymond as, like, second-round type guy. And then as soon as, like, the, oh, here's a red flag that has been known all along, but only now we're going to focus on it, and drop. Is that not what happened? Yeah, I don't remember what, what they were because I haven't been paying, like, too much attention to – the red flags as they come up but like it is funny how that stuff happens where like oh here's this really impressive player i heard he has short arms ah he's not so he's not so good at football anymore it's more it's more like the stuff yes there are things that's like you knew this all along about the guy and only now is it affecting his stock it's like it wasn't a big deal before oh he's 24 like are we are we sure we want to invest in somebody who's 24 Mm -hmm. and like you've you've known he was older than everybody else Mm -hmm. he's not brandon Mm -hmm. whedon okay Right. Jesus. Yeah. He's still he's 24. Like, 
even if you did get six good years out of him. Plus, like, there's plenty of linemen playing deep into their 30s right now. Like, it's not – it doesn't always happen, but I don't know. It's weird. He's a guy that, like – I feel like this happens every year, and I don't know if it's just to Mac guys. It's, it's all over the place. He's a guy whose draft stock rose immensely when people saw him play football <laughs> in person, right? He goes to the senior bowl, I think. Hold on. And then I'm everyone walks away. Watch, watch football players in person. I'm ready. Yeah, right. What a concept. So these guys all go get a look at him at the senior bowl, I think. And then all of a sudden he's shooting up draft boards. And then to your point, Caleb, like then it's they get spooked by some other non-football thing or age or whatever. And then all of a sudden he's a third round pick, which may or may not just be fair in the first place. Like maybe that's where he should have been, but it's mm-hmm. funny to watch that roller coaster ride of like, you know. I watched the guy play football and I think he's good at football, but then uh, something else told me that it wasn't worth it. But he'll make a lot of money. And if he's good at offensive line, he can make a lot of money in a lot of different places for a very long time. So Godspeed. So I would be curious into Gedke. Uh, what did, I don't, I, I wasn't watching the draft. So what were the analysts saying about him? Because everybody was a little bit surprised that he went round two. Uh, I don't know. I feel like like anything that I caught wind of of Gadecki was kind of more on like the side of praise and not as much about like, oh, how did he slip to 57th overall? I mean, like that's – I don't know, man. If you're like an offensive guard, 57th is not a bad spot to be picked in too. Like, for, like especially – like because that's a position where teams just outright will not consider you in the first 30-some picks. So for 57, I don't think that's too much of a bad thing. Uh, I don't know. I I read it as like, hey, he's got picked pretty good for his position, uh, relative to his position, and he does well uh, when blocking for the run up the middle. So I don't know. I I read it as more of like things were like on the praise of him. There's just a lot of positions out there with a lot of different needs for these teams. Yeah, I'm more I, – I get what you're saying. I'm not trying to say he, he slid. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out – why they liked him so much uh because it's just like you can plug him in and he's reliable and what makes him more reliable than a lot of the other guys who were potential right guard left guard types in the draft this year because i didn't hear a lot about that in the lead up to the draft and then obviously somebody felt that way about him uh he moves well and he's a pretty good ass kicker i, th- I think the, i think those are the two notes uh justin let's let's wrap things up you're going to be the one to pick uh one player draft undrafted one player that we didn't talk about uh but we're gonna close up by just focusing on one more person um i'll stay at western michigan and i really would love to see uh i would i would there's a lot of them on the defensive side um that went undrafted that are getting a bunch of tryouts and one i'm really interested to see is aj thomas i thought when wmu's defense really worked uh, he was the best player on the field uh, coming up as kind of a run-stopping safety. I wonder if he doesn't need some work in the in the, in the the past defense game, but I, I thought he was WMU defense's best tackler last year, um, you know, especially when he was on. So I think there might be some upside for him to find uh, find some time on the field with, uh, with the Bears or maybe with somebody else, um, which, you know, as much as I love Ali Fayad and I love Ralph Holly, like I, I would say A.J. Thomas to me, jumped off when I watched last year as a guy that I thought could be a pretty good pro. 
Yeah, I don't really have too many notes on uh, Edgy Thomas, but you did bring up another name, Ali Fayad, who won like Max Defensive Player of the Year uh, a couple years ago, and another Max Defensive Player of the Year from a couple years ago. God, what's his name already? Troy Harrison. Like he only scored. I think he finally signed a deal Sunday, so like the day after day three of the draft, right? And I don't even think Brandon Martin scored anything either. Um, we Wasn't all talk Brandon about, like, we done. think, like, all these defensive players are good. Man, like, we do not know anything about these defensive players in the MAC, whether or not they're good. Um, until Pittsburgh signs them. Yeah, until <laughs> – all right. Who here is a believer in Kenny Pickett? Because I'm not. I will not raise my hand for him. No. My hands are way too big to raise for him. Yeah, I, I will. I, I'm on your side there. Mm-mm. Nope, not doing it. But hey, AJ Thomas says Chicago. Uh, I hope so. I guess for for you guys, I don't. I have I have no rooting interest for him. Wait, yeah, Chicago. Yeah, yeah no, I hope I hope nothing works out for him. No, I mean I, I hope it works out for him somewhere else. Yeah, Miami. Yeah, there you go. I think that um, that's the best trio as far as talented guys. In the, I mean, from any team that's sending multiple guys, I think Western has the best chance to have one or two of those guys work out. Fayad got opened some eyes a little bit, and he's always been the type of guy we, that I thought could go on and do something. I think Ralph Holly can find his spot. Yeah, me too. And AJ Thomas, like as much as we talked about the types of talented guys on Western's defense, and Justin and I have had this conversation too before, it's like, well, AJ Thomas might not be the guy that everybody's impressed by, but the dude is just making plays constantly. And if he's doing that, when he's showing up in front of scouts and he's doing it in minicamp, maybe we see it in minicamp and maybe next thing you know, he's seeing the field with consistency and, and games that matter. So there's really a couple guys there. I mean, even Mike Caliendo wouldn't surprise me if he just found a spot <laughs> with the chiefs, because why the fuck not? Uh, and then if LB did, that would just be a little cherry on top for, Western Michigan Bronco fun. Yeah, Callion does a good call too because I think he's he started every game that he was healthy. I think his whole career, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he was pretty healthy for his whole for his whole career. So he seems pretty durable and a pretty damn good lineman. So, um, yeah, I, hopefully those guys all find uh, find some place to go. I think it's gonna be fun with Caleb out in Seattle. He'll at least get to throw. Hopefully, he gets to throw some passes to uh, DS Rich again. Yep. Like Which time. I think is a pretty savvy move by Seattle if you're going to take a risk on a – or it's not really much of a risk. If you're going to call in a UDFA guy, mm-hmm. why not the guy that was throwing passes to the dude you took in the second round a year ago? Yeah, why not elevate the floor of, like, your wide receiver three or four, whatever he is? Yeah, right. Maybe unlock something about that wide out that, you know, that, that could help you even if, if, if it's not a play for LB. It's worth a It's worth a shot. Pretty good calculus there from an organization that everyone, at least fans of it, seem to think never makes a, a smart move. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Jack Sorensen. Oh, you wanted to add one more about Jack Sorensen? Yeah. Go for it, yeah. You know, all right, before he was, like, signed to Cincinnati, he had, like, three tryouts lined up. So, like, <laughs> it feels like Cincinnati came around, they're like, you know what, we'd like him to try out too. And his agent said, all right, this is bullshit. Just, like, no, no. You're not trying him out. Either you are going to sign him to a contract, or we're going to go to these other three tryouts. <laughs> like that, I feel like that—that's what happened here. 
And you know, let's think about this. Going into the draft, and this is, you know, this is knowledge that I have that I only know because I'm a Bengals fan, is that the Bengals really needed a wide receiver for. And that's not something that most teams are like, yeah, we're really looking for our fourth guy. It's a make or break type situation. You know, I don't know. But the Bengals need an extra guy. And there are already multiple teams who are like, yeah, no, come try out with us. We, we didn't draft you, but we really like what you got. You were next. You were next. If we, if we really had a chance to go get somebody, we, we would have loved to have had you. So the Bengals are like, dude, come get the fucking ball from Joe Burrow. He'll throw you some passes and you'll look good. How can you turn that down, dude? So he, I honestly, to God, thought that Jack Sorensen was the most likely guy to not get drafted and make a pro career. You are like a huge Jack Sorensen fan. So yeah, I am. You are. Yeah. Yeah. My mindset was he won't get drafted, but he is the most likely guy who's not going to get drafted to actually carve out a productive NFL career. I think he is going to be a name people know for a couple of, for like maybe five or six years as a pro. What made you sure he wouldn't get drafted? I never really saw him projected. And it's like, it's one thing if you see somebody be like, I could see him going as high as fifth. I could see him going as high as sixth. And I never saw that. I saw like, Oh, Hey, maybe if he's like lucky, he, he could get drafted. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, <laughs> somebody should be considering him because if I'm a team who needs another wide receiver, I'm his agents on my fucking speed dial. I love Jack Sorensen's game. And the more that he's been in that offense, he went from being the primary guy in an offense that really didn't want to throw that ball that much to being the still massively primary guy in an offense that wanted to throw the ball constantly. And he always looked in his element and could excel to a really high degree. So I I think he's going to find a way to be productive. I think he's going to be a guy that Miami is very proud to cite as one of their guys in a decade from now. They're like, yeah, Jack Sorensen went here. Like, you guys know where Jack, like, you know where Jack Sorensen went? Yeah, Miami Redhawks. And even as an Ohio fan, there's a part of me that makes me want to go, eh. But it's okay, because I fucking love Jack Sorensen. That's the spiel. Yeah, Sorensen to me was, like, a guy that had, like, not a ton of elite, like, skill traits, but his ball skills were really, really good. And, like, that's, like, what propelled him to have the career that he did and why we like him as much as he do and why Caleb loves him as much as he does. Rightfully so. He's, he's a great athlete. He really is. Really, really good. And you're right. He's held his own, like, over the past four or five years, however long he's been playing at Miami. A lot longer than we thought he did. Go back and watch that Ohio University, the film from Miami versus Ohio this year. One, because Ohio won. <laughs> two, two, because of the game that Jack Sorensen had. Go watch that film and have some fun. Uh, are there any other guys that we need to hit on from, from this draft class? Or are there any other parting words that we need to uh, close up on while we just finish up on this topic? And then after thing after this, we can only just focus on the future seasons of 2022 and beyond for these Mac programs. Are there any closing thoughts for this draft? I do think uh, that you're going to see some undrafted guys who signed with Midwestern football teams 
do something from the Mac. So the Bears and the Lions both did what they, you know, what they should do. They went out and got some Mac guys uh, and are going to either give them tryouts or sign them to those, those training camp contracts. Whether it's Cleo Pimpleton in Detroit, whether it's Sterling Weatherford in Indianapolis, Jack Sorensen, somebody is really, I think the Lions and the, uh, the Lions and the Colts are going to benefit from somebody from the Mac. I, I feel confident in that. Uh, let, we're going to play one last game and we'll get out of here. We're going to go around the room and we're going to say one guy that was undrafted and this guy that we say is going to have the longest career in the NFL. Uh, only time will tell which of us is right and which of us is wrong. Um, I'm going to go first. Justin, you're going to go second. Caleb, you're going to go third. Uh, Jake Julian, punter from Eastern Michigan, of course, the only guy from Eastern Michigan to go to the NFL. Drafted or undrafted. Uh, would have been two if Terry Myrick didn't have the USFL giving him paychecks right now, uh, who just got their first win for the Michigan Panthers. So go, Team Jeff Fisher. But Jake Julian, uh, punter for the Patriots. I mean, come on. Patriots only go after their guys. Uh, you're going to have the longest career out of anybody uh, drafted, undrafted. That's my, that's my stake. Oh, of all of them? The question is, if anybody currently signed or trying out i'm saying jake julian's gonna have a 20-year career in new england that was undrafted you're saying right yeah oh of the undrafted players yeah gotcha um well you know the right answer is clint rakovich he's he's gonna play for like 16 years he really is god and you know what he because we have like a whole year to look forward to like what what feels like the most Clint Rakovich team? Because I'm just going to say, like, the Steelers, unfortunately. Yeah, that feels like the, the right answer. I think the answer is the Ravens. Oh. And the reason it's the Ravens is because of the connection with Hammock and the Baltimore Ravens organization. And, two, because the Ravens have actually used fullbacks in recent years. That's a really good call. I would also say if John Gruden was still coaching in the NFL, that I would bet my life Clint Rakovich plays it down for his team. <laughs> yeah. But, I, man, the Ravens would be a good fit, too, because, like, you can do so many things with him working with Lamar Jackson. All right, Caleb, who's your pick? Who's going to have the longest career out of this, uh, this UDFA pile? So the fun thing is I'm not confident that anyone is going to have a long career, which makes this very difficult. <laughs> um, I've kind of been back and forth between two guys. You're, he's going to cop out and say Jack Sorensen. We all know it. I See, I want to say Sorensen, but it doesn't feel like the right answer. I do think Sorensen's going to be productive, and I think he's like once he's not productive anymore, it's like, okay, well, your time's gone. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can see him being productive for, like, five or six years. So, I'm actually going to give an answer that I'm sure a lot of people aren't going to expect. I'm going to go with Mike Caliendo. Ooh. I think that they're just going to – I think they're going to plug him in as a rotational guy, and he's just going to have a spot. Like, it's not that he's going to be a starter for years to come. It's just, like, he will be a reliable guy who can learn what type of protection stuff is needed and how to mentor younger players. 
and what it takes to do some basic stuff. And he's just going to be around for like nine, 10 years. That's that's pretty good. It's a pretty good career to hang out. I like that we approach this from like who we think is going to like see the field. Cause I think we're by default thinking like who's going to like actually play and like maybe surprise. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if the right approach is being like, who's going to have the longest career without ever playing it down in a regular season game. <laughs> very, po and, very possible. And that would be, that would be Dustin Crumb probably. Maybe. Just like hanging out on a roster somewhere for nine years, never know, playing. Caleb Ellaby, maybe he could be a lifer as a QB two, QB three somewhere. Right, kind of like, like that. Like, that like kind of quarterback's a position. I feel like you could do that because you're not. You're probably not getting beat up in practice in the same way. Mm -hmm. So it's like really easy to justify, like you know, getting a two hundred thousand dollar check and just kind of waiting your turn for a few decades. Justin Crum could absolutely do that. And boom goes the dynamite.